I guess we should explain why we say boom. Boom! Now. It's become boom. Uh, welcome to F6, by the way. This um, is Cousin Bob. We're back. Cousin so Bob is back. Save me a seat podcast. We actually don't say it enough, to be honest. Yeah, welcome back to Safe. I saved you a seat this morning. Thanks, brother. Had a shocker today so far, but we're, we're, we're going to get the day back on track want, with this beautiful pod. Do you want to explain what happened? No, nah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Um, the reason why we say boom is because uh, the lead content creator, Ithiel, um, we have a, a little in-house joke with him where boom. we call Big Pup Boom and that's where it came from. Yeah. So there's a bit of insight to that and now it's just stuck and now we say boom. And, now, we we're, the app. and now we're in onto the app. Hey, shout out to Papi. He's doing great work. Love and you, Pop. Absolutely appreciate that, man. Now, this, today we decided that we wanted to talk about the current state of the uh, e-com industry and e-commerce in general. And yeah. our experiences. So I think this is a good one. We were, we were just t- talking about it before and how uh, how many different things we can talk about here. So, uh, I mean, if, if we we're going to be an expert on anything, it would be this. Yeah. We've done it for almost 10 years now. We've lived and breathed through the bubble of e-com. Yeah. And then the reversion or bursting of bubble of e-com, like we have probably, if we're going to talk about anything, it's probably this. Yep. So, like, again, we've already touched on a lot of these things, like uh, over the last especially the first couple episodes about certain trends and stuff that uh-huh, um, we've, uh-huh. we, we've uh, seen in our time. So yeah. I don't know, maybe we can start off because we've, we've answered the question like uh, what it was like because well, we know it was cheaper then than it was now to advertise online. So maybe we can just start off with um, what do you think is the main difference between now and then? Okay. I'm going to answer this in a little bit of a roundabout way, but there's one word that comes to mind. Sorry, wait, wait, can I I just preface? Sorry, when I mean (laughs) now now and then, I mean like... Like the mid-20-teens? Yeah, mid-20-teens. Yeah, like 2013, 2014, 15, 16. Like that's when we're talking about it. When Facebook really started to kick off. Because before 2013, Instagram, for example, was... Uh, chronological order. Yep. There wasn't much advertising. Facebook, who knew what what yep. that was? And AdWords, I don't know. AdWords wasn't as robust and, yep. and widespread and even, as it was. Exactly. And even probably uh, prior to that, it's just e-com was very, uh, like e-com suited a lot of commodities. Like it was a commodity thing. Like you just go there, you like yep. Amazon selling pens and pencils and all that kind of stuff, which yep. makes a lot of sense. Um, well, e-com in general and the internet was a massive disrupt, uh, disruption to the world. Yep. So that was probably like, the early 2000s. Yep. Obviously it was, it, it's like any massive disruption. It comes in, everyone's like m- all over it and then sort of it regresses and then over time the best businesses and the best ideas come to the fore. Yep. Massive networking effect in the case of internet and and now we have companies like Facebook, uh, Meta, Google, Amazon yep. ruling the world basically with their net- network effects and massive moats. So that was a little bit of a uh, a preface. I like that preface actually. Yeah. Um, and now let's go. Let's the go. Question, now. The question is the difference between the mid teens, 2013, 2014, 2015, yeah. and now. And and the one word that comes to mind is for me personally is arbitrage. And and the arbitrage Explain. in the system. So everything, every new industry at the start has well, ecom did has an arbitrage. So it means, and I can explain this in, in, in practical terms, people back in the day used to buy, let's just say, a pair of headphones on Alibaba or AliExpress. 
they'd buy it for 10 bucks. They would uh, ship it or drop ship it to someone's house for 10 bucks. And then the rest of it would be, um, sorry, the, the shipping would cost 10 bucks and they would sell it for 60 bucks. So they made 40 bucks. So the difference between the total cost and the selling price would be their uh, arbitrage amount to be able to advertise the website and uh, put Facebook ads up and stuff like that. Over time, obviously, anyone could buy a pair of headphones and drop ship it. Uh, technically, with there's a small ba- low barrier to entry for for that sort of environment. So over time, more people start selling headphones and then undercut each other until that arbitrage completely gets weeded out. Yep. No one's making any more money, and then uh, the e-com industry becomes um, what we call what what I would call efficient. Uh, in terms of from a consumer perspective, you're getting the best deal possible. But saturated when it comes to a... Uh, but saturated and very hard to get into yeah. uh, and very hard to be successful on very, if you're yeah. a, a new sort of entrepreneur looking to get into the e-com industry. Yeah. The one thing that arbitrage screams to me if you want to avoid it is brand. Exactly uh, right. And building a brand. And that's how to build your own moat and make sure you're avoiding the arbitrage, which is sort of we've been lucky to um, we've been lucky to, to, to build on in the last, you know, seven to eight years. Uh, and we're pretty happy with, you know, our brand and brand awareness. So it's it's not that we're selling a commodity, we're selling, you know, more, which is the logo, which is the vision of the brand, which is the community and stuff like that. That's what I think the main difference is personally from then to now, like being on Alibaba and AliExpress when I was, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old, coming out of, coming out of high school, it was a completely different mm industry to what it is now like you can let's just say you wanted to buy a water bottle well yeah anyone can buy a water bottle off alibaba but you're not going to be able to sell it for more than or actually make a profit off it drop shipping anymore because costs are just absolutely pancaked that's the e-com industry for me in a nutshell then to now but then we can obviously deep dive into the actual ads and which is an arbitrage in itself because everyone's bidding against each other to get the ad space um, so like, did you want to start touching on, you know, what your thoughts yeah, we were can, on? We can touch on, no, I, I Or do you want to steal a straw no, my, no, my uh, comments? I reckon that little summary there was probably, the, you know, the best way you could put it. So you, you've done exceptionally well. And, uh, Thank you. your, 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 your slow start to the morning wasn't reflected in that answer. <laughs> I'm back. That, 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 that was really good. But uh, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, and you're exactly right when it comes to selling those, uh, uh, those products e-com on uh, with e-commerce, it's a several different factors, and it's the common theme. It's the you know the cost of acquisition of the customer, which is uh, inherently gone more expensive. So it's it's yep. this is where that it comes back to the theme of you can't just build an e-com brand, uh, an e-com business, and just worry about ads, for example. Agreed. And if you're doing just that, and you you're you're the only re- let's just imagine the only reason you're you succeeded or the brand got to a certain point purely because while well, you you arbitraged the ads then uh inherently i think that's just a a mistake on you're not actually building a business you've just like you said found that arbitrage and you're capitalizing on that arbitrage and that's where a lot of people kind of you know had a lot of success yep. in those mid-teens because you know cost of facebook ads very you know back in when we started in 2016 and stuff when we didn't even realize it at the time but and we we could have probably utilized it even more than what we did was so dirt cheap that mm. you know when you were selling a um, 
let's just call it, uh, like you said, let's use your water bottle example. You're selling a water bottle, you get it for five bucks and you could just, you know, within 20 cents, well, for 20 cents, you're, you're, you're getting a new customer by spending 20 cents on Facebook ads because it's so easy. Yeah. Uh, and there's several factors to that, one being the privacy stuff and then, you know, how hard it is now to be able to track people. Yeah, uh, iOS 15. Yeah, iOS 15. So like obviously that, you know, made a huge shift to, to, to you know, being able to utilize uh, ads properly. So you, you, you know, cut not cut, sorry, you increase the amount that you are obviously spending on ads, then like your margins are only a certain like point. This is the other Agreed. problem with, with when it comes to selling commodities, uh, you know, the margins aren't always the, the best. And I, I feel like uh, that's where the problem starts uh, arising. And it's not just ads, it's across the board yep. because then you look down at the supply chain issues and then you've got that as well. And then nowadays the biggest uh difference is you got to look at like if you're going to sell a product you got to genuinely look at what you what like who you're up against and you know everyone that sells something you, you're genuinely up against the big monsters like yep. you're talking your amazons of the world um and like they will sell basically everything and people the customers and the consumers will like benchmark you to them so if you're selling a water bottle and you can get a water bottle delivered to you within a day packaged nicely you know and 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 it's cheap that's what people are going to use as a uh, as a benchmark. So 100%. Like, every every consumer, if you think logically, and it's a rational consumer, is going to go for the best, cheapest, and quickest option. Correct. And that's what is what that's what capitalism is really. Yep. Um, when it boils down to it, so. and then that's when it comes back down to what you were talking about: the branding, building the brand, building uh, more than just that product, uh, the experience, and it, like people got to start looking at it as a whole. And that's where I think e-commerce has kind of uh, developed. Uh, the vision and story, like back in the day, you didn't actually or well, you didn't think you needed it because you were doing so well anyway. Yeah. Well, but now it's just like a prerequisite. Or I think this is what people might have been uh, mistaken. Like I, I, do you think that everything we're talking about right now was never a good thing? Like it's always been it's a good thing. It's always been a good thing. But like you might have just been complacent because of it. Yeah, it's a complacency and... Yeah, it's a complacency. Because you can get complacent. You're like, it's working, yeah. it's working, it's working. Um, but do you really know why? Is, is it one like specific reason that there's working? Like let's just use the ad example. You're spending, you know, 30, 40% of your budget on ads or let's just say a little bit less, 20 to 30. But then you're like just continuously increase it to be able to get that same uh, return or the, sorry, the same sort of top line revenue then – uh, you're going to start encountering, pro encountering prob problems. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I do have sympathy for it though because in my opinion, the e-commerce industry has had those multiple phases. You had that gold rush era where there were a lot of uh, benefits to being first to market and the benefit was you get really cheap yep. ad space on these um, huge social media platforms. That was the prize of being there first. But to be there first, you were an innovator. You weren't a follower in the space. So uh, unless you like potentially had a crystal ball or if you were already experienced in, in building brands, which a lot of people weren't in the e-commerce industry during the time where we're discussing, there are a lot of young people or just middle-aged um, middle people just looking to you know, start their own thing. You would have only looked at it from the angle of what's working. I'm just going to keep doing what's working. Yep. But no one actually saw Oh, it was very difficult to see the arbitrage while it was happening. Yep. Because if you did see it, you would have actually just pumped even more money into the yep. um, into the social media ad space to then build a bigger community to create a bigger moat and then therefore set yourself up even yep. better. 
for, you know, this X, not X growth, but post gold rush era of e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Like it's never going to die, but it's just different. Yeah. Um, and I've actually got a little report. This is the Shopify report they're releasing every year. Yeah, nice. And this is some data like basically backing up what we're talking about right now. So it says consumers have more uh, <laughs> consumers have more options than ever and in today's economic climate, they're ready to exercise a freedom of choice. More than 7 in 10 consumers bought from a competitor to their go to um sorry, of their go-to brand between t- May 2021 and May 2022. So like that that kind of what we're talking about is like, you know, you're going to be compared to if you're selling water bottles, other people like uh, the other water bottle brands. And nowadays, remember I was telling you I was freaking buying something off Shaver Shop and they're doing the DoorDash delivery. Like yep. why would I buy a water bottle from someone else if it's cheaper and I can get it from like honestly within two hours? Again, yep. that's another example. I was buying, you know, some body shaver, but <laughs> but but like the the, the the like that's e-commerce now. Yeah. It's like this is the crazy. The, the, the supply chain and obviously the the experience for the the customer. So like if customers you, customers you, rule. Like you need to be able to try try and kind of uh be able to offer that and like let's just imagine you got some like and you know you can talk about this a little bit more when it comes to supply chain issues and it comes to getting product uh in from manufacturers and let's say a lot of product comes from you know china you know you've got either the excess like the increasing costs of air freight if you want to get everything yep. you know shipped through air which is much quicker than getting it by sea but you do sea freight you got you know how, how long four to six weeks yeah uh, and then obviously the delays that, you know, we've, we've experienced over the, the, the last two years, specifically over COVID when, you know, there were containers just, you know, docked out. The, yeah. The other thing with sea freight is you actually need, um, I don't know exactly the inflection point or the break even point in terms of volume that you need to be, or weight that you need to be shipping. But if you ship two boxes via sea freight, mm. you're still paying all of those port fees and they're not smaller. So it's actually going to be equally as expensive as air freight. So you're really stuck between a rock and a hard place in terms of like until you get an X amount of quant- mm. uh, volume or X amount of kilos that you're shipping at one time, yep. you really have no choice. You're just going to pay. And that's just because of the cost of energy, really. The cost of energy to mm. air freight it and the space everyone's bidding for in the in the plane and the cost of energy um, and labor. Well, in terms of sea freight, the cost of energy actually – isn't as bad. It's the cost of labor at these docks, like the docks in, you know, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. There's a lot that goes into it. It gets yep. transferred off the, the boat and so on and so forth. I'm not going to get into that. Um, but there's just, just a, a piling up of cost. Yeah. And not only that, like, and we've experienced this time and time again, it's so unpredictable. Oh, like, yeah. It's so unpredictable. So that goes back to you want to offer that good experience, but then you've got all this unpredictability here. Uh and you're competing with the, you know, the big boys of the world. Who, what makes it so who, fun though? It, well, yeah, that, that's the challenge. <laughs> that's the 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 problem-solving aspect of it that we, you know, get quite addicted to. So yeah. to solve this problem, honestly, like like I'm just thinking it now, it, this doesn't have to be a long app because we could just re- talk for six hours about this. <laughs> but to solve this problem, two things come to mind for me. One is obviously differentiation by telling story and um, – uh, building an actual brand and two is just extending your time horizon out infinitely yep and by extending your time horizon out infinitely and so letting true. the brand mature so true everyone else will fall off because of these problems so true and if you're the last man standing yep. you win 
Yeah. It's as simple as that. Like that's all I can that say. Is so true. If you do not give up, and this sounds freaking cliche, but it's a fact. If you don't give up and you keep if if you're plodding along with one or two orders a month for the first two years. I mean, when we first started EE, we weren't advertising. Yeah. We didn't we made what three hundred dollars in the first month or whatever it was. Like it was it was Scata, yeah, really. But we were like, yeah, let's. But just we were so blase about it. We were like two fairies. Ah, <laughs> we're doing so well. We're doing so well. And then we just, you know, like it was almost uh, we were so daft about the numbers, and we didn't actually care about how yeah. much money we were making. That worked in our favor because we extended our time horizon out. Yeah, exactly. And I, that's the key. Like yeah. it's as simple as that, really. Yeah. When and I think about it, it's so true, bro. And it's that short term versus long term mindset and that kind of translates across to uh you know you starting an e-com brand and you thinking all right i've got all this stock and i kind of like i'm struggling to move it or like I, i'm not moving it as much as i used to because it used to be much cheaper to with all these ads what what are my options i know what i'll do i'll run some some sales exactly i'll right. do some sales and we talk about this all the time but then when you're doing that and then you start seeing like all oh, these sales really work and you're like maybe i'll just run another one and then i'll run another one like again a commodity item it's a little bit different because yeah. you're um uh, again you're competing with that's it's but the sale the, the sale itself is weeding out the arbitrage that you are taking exactly advantage so. of exactly that's then, the freaking problem with this for us this thing, this like, and we, we always talk about building a brand and if you're always running sales yeah like you're training your customer to get used to that so um Sales you know, are dumb. Just like you go to, like for ASOS is not is, is a whole different ball game. But you go to ASOS, you expect freaking to get sixty percent off yep. stuff. Now I'm not saying ASOS isn't very successful because they are. They're fucking huge. But in our case, what we want to do is we want to try limit our sales as much as possible because, well, then you start eating your margins. People start expecting it, and yeah, there's all, yeah. In, in terms of sales, like it also gives. I don't know. I, I personally have a little bit of a stigma. Like I see a bit of a stigma around sales because it gives me very, very fast fashion vibes yeah. where like yeah. you don't really, I don't know whether it's you don't really care about your product and you just want to fling out volume or because you're just hurting you're just hurting the the image of the brand by making sure that there's always a 50% off sale. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. I mean, if you want to build a legacy brand, sales are not the way to do it. I mean, we have sales, we have our major sales and that's it. And then, you know a little outlet, play, uh, outlet page, but we're not – I would never push sales monthly, for example. Yeah. And then the, the – the, That sounds the dumb. Tr- no, but the thing is like it it's so easy to fall under that trap. Oh, yeah, definitely. When you're so worried about the short term and not the long term because you exactly see right. the short term, I must, you know, grow month to month or year on year, but you're not looking at the big picture. And that's, that's what we're trying to say here. Like it, this is in every business, but, you know, very, very um, – uh, like relevant for e-com yeah. is to not get to not fall under that trap to yeah. extend like you said before extend your time horizon and that that is uh, one of the best pieces of advice you could really give to anyone in any area whether it's investing or agreed you and, know, and i'm just going to qualify my my dumb comment it's not dumb because some people have to do it to stay afloat so if you need to do it to stay afloat <laughs> or whatever i'm just saying it's not the most wise business decision if you want to build a long-lasting legacy brand I'm just going to qualify that comment yeah. because we, a we, lot of brands exactly. need to have sales because they're actually making no money and they've got obligations and yeah. debts and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So if you've got that, yeah. sweet. But and if you build a brand based on sales, it's it doesn't seem like a legacy Get ready to, to keep growing off sales. That is exactly. what we're trying to <laughs> exactly say. Right. So 
Yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to touch on, which is another thing that keeps growing and we talk about, and we've seen the trend continue, and this was also on the Shopify uh, report, is the accelerated use of mobile shopping. Yes. And um, sorry, the need to be <laughs> – sorry. Uh, yeah, the need to be mobile friendly. And we, you know, kind of really jumped on this prior to COVID, which, uh, again, was kind of just – our rate of progression, but yeah. to be able to, like we got our own app, but really dial in on the experience that you use to sell your product on a, on, on a mobile device. And yeah. uh, it's only going to get more and more in, uh, like prominent. People yeah. will continue to shop from their mobile. Once they do it, like I personally, like now don't even use my computer to shop. I only shop on my mobile. Yeah. Simple as that. And basically a lot of them have Apple Pay. I go, yep, bang, I'm done. That's and, what makes it so easy. And it makes it so, so easy. So you need a- There's no to, friction there. There's no you friction. You just double tap, face ID, bang. Yeah, but tell me, how disgusting is it when you go on a website? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. How disgusting is it? Like now, because we appreciate it. Like when you go yeah. on a website that isn't mobile friendly and you're fucking trying to zoom in to get yeah, the stupid yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't have the freaking, the checkouts fucking sucks. Like yeah, you need- It's a HTML job. Mate. You don't want that. You I don't hate want it. that. I hate it. I don't know whether it's because I'm really like, yeah, I'm in it. So I know it. I'm like, fuck, just fucking optimize your freaking website for a mobile. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, like a consumer <laughs> might not be as angry, but they'll <laughs> definitely not buy from it because it'll be such a pain point for them to actually check out. Yeah. Um, I just, I think mobile is, is the future personally. I just don't, I agree. I don't think people are buying off laptops and I think, oh, as a, as a percentage of traffic, we're looking at, you know, over 75% of traffic coming from mobile in the industry, I would predict. I haven't actually looked at any data. It's high. But I remember it's we very, very high. Uh, yeah, a couple of months ago it was fucking high. So you're really shooting yourself in the foot if you don't care about mobile. Like in terms of your imagery and your graphics and, and, and the way the website aesthetic is, if you only care about the way the desktop looks and you don't care about mobile, it's actually hindering the potential for your, you know, conversion rate and sales yep. and top line overall. So, I mean, we should we should touch on the app. Uh, we have an app. I mean, the app obviously, in my opinion, the app's really good, mm -hmm. especially for, um, you know, making sure that our, our best customers have the best possible experience. Mm -hmm. um, there's obviously some shortcomings with the app. There's extra work in, you know, maintaining it and, and um, building it in the back end and making sure that, everything's looking the way we want it to. Uh, it's almost like another sales channel in itself that doesn't operate. It operates independently from the actual website itself. So I, I think if you were personally, if you're starting an e-com brand, an app isn't necessary unless you have a, a large customer base that is probably a repeat purchaser and actually wants to have the brand as an app on their phone. Like yeah. if you think about it, if you're selling, let's go back to Mr. Water Bottle over there, you're not going to make an app for water bottles and just sell a water bottle on the app because they're not going to download the app to sell the water bottle because it's a, it's it's not a one-time purchase, but it's a less, uh, you're purchasing less, less often and if your product range isn't so extensive and you're not bringing out new product categories or new launches all the time, you really have nothing. Yeah or no information to feed to the customer. And that's the benefit of the app, which is the push notification um, that you can actually send to the customers to give them updates on anything. Yeah. Um, 
So And there was a big push to that after the iOS uh, 15. Correct. Like a lot of people were like, shit, how the hell can I get the, you know, the attention of all my customers and email marketing was fucking huge and it continued to be, uh, it continues to be really big, yep. but then, you know, it's not, again, we always look at it as a, as a whole approach, like, you know, it's Omni. It's Omni. Exactly. So it's like, all right, well, we've got the stores, you know, you've got the app where you can also target them there. Yep. We've also got uh, notifications on computers and laptops, and then you've got the email and text message. It's just all you want to try, obviously be able to, just like, like there's so much noise happening. So yep. like, you know, our thing is like, well, let's just make sure, you know, they don't forget about us. Yep. Uh, and again, we're always very conscious of not being too loud because again, I get freaking bombarded by um, Culture King stuff on tech. I've got, I'm subscribed to them on, on text message and I just think they freaking overdo it. Yeah. Uh, personally, again, like I don't uh, know whether yeah. it's because I take a lot of notice of this stuff, but it's sometimes you're like, fuck, this is overkill. And yeah. you're like, it's just, you know. Yeah, as a consumer, I don't want to be text or SMS every day about a new T-shirt that comes yeah. out. I want to be SMS when something important um, is needed. Yep. The other thing with SMS now is there's so, so many scams that you, I just you, you as a consumer and as a consumer that doesn't necessarily dip their, like they're only dipping their toe into e-com, they're mm. not actually fully diving into e-com. Yep. I mean, what, what do you trust? Mm. You get a you get a message from Oz Post saying there's a package for you to pick up from the post office. Well, what the fuck is that? That's some guy trying to make money off you and scam you. So that's another thing that you need to you know be wary of when it comes to that sort of stuff. Exactly right. Um, the other thing that we can touch on here is very very relevant and uh, it's very similar space is like social commerce and kind of shopping yeah. straight through social media like apps, yep. where, whether it be Instagram or TikTok. Uh, that is getting bigger and bigger and it's something that uh, nowadays if you're going to be opening up a uh, an e-com business, it's such a uh, – I'm trying to pull up a stat for this. More important than ever it's, before, it's more that's for sure. Like people will go out like they'll get influenced by an influencer, bang, and they need – again, it's very similar to it. Yep. They'll be on their mobile and like, oh, yeah, shit, I like that dress on someone on, on, on Instagram, bang, get on it straight onto the website, straight to the product page. Bye. Yeah, you know what I really think is powerful that I don't have much thought about? <laughs> the Like I haven't really thought about this and I, I thought about it, I think it was a couple of days ago and I was like, wow, that must actually really work. I, I'm not the biggest e-com purchaser. I just wear EE stuff. So I, I'm not really in the industry. Loser. I'm a, yeah, I'm a loser. Um, but the tagging of products on UGC content or um, – your own posts, if, if, if you're a brand, you're posting UGC and you're tagging like let's just say they're wearing a sports bra and you tag the sports bra so there's almost like a different angle of attack for the consumer and they're like, oh, I can see it on, you know, X, Y, and Z person wearing it with X, Y, and Z outfit and they're like, oh, that bra actually does look good. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, the e-commerce pictures or whatever we post as a campaign – is curated in a specific way exactly that is not the same as a UGC comment. Yeah. So having that, the the problem with you don't tag the product and have it there on on the Instagram is like the bra may look good, but they actually can't find it because mm -hmm. to correlate, oh, there's a bra on Instagram that someone wants to know about. They're gonna not gonna the the likelihood for them to go on the website and scroll through every one of your sports bras that you likely. sell. No, it's not gonna happen. Exactly. So that tagging of the product, if you're not doing it, 
like you're missing out on a big opportunity, in my opinion, to yeah. actually get more customers. Exactly. Well, I think, thought about that the other day. Really. Yeah. Well, think about it. Like you're going to be competing again when it comes down to like, well, what's your the the brand X next to you going to be doing? And if they're doing that, like you're going to fucking lose out. Yeah. And uh, again, to back up what we're talking about here, age groups that plan to use a shop feature within a platform in 2023 from the age group of 25 to 40 years old, 65% of them. So, um, wow. This is from this uh, website called Sprout Social. So, wow. Yeah. So like that really kind of enhances that. I mean, uh, if we're talking about e-commerce trends. That and mobile, uh, probably the two biggest ones. Yeah. Uh, and they have been for probably the last year or two, uh, especially since COVID. Yeah. I've um, got a question on that. Oh, no. Talk to me about COVID and <laughs> the growth of e-com. You, you have a lot of insight on this. So uh, we've talked about the mid-teens. Talk to me about like 2021, 2020, and then now and what's happened. 2020. I feel like people think you know yeah, e-coms well, exploded, and yeah. So yeah, what are your thoughts? So, I go back to what I what I what I've said a couple times that in 2020 we been like since no one had any choice to do anything but be on their phones and uh, be on their computers that the time spent on certain apps was so high, and people had so much. Uh, disposable income that they wouldn't be spending going out to the movies yeah. or to restaurants. And genuinely the only thing you could spend money on was e-commerce and groceries, groceries, <laughs> like genuinely groceries and e-commerce. Yeah. What, what that, we can imagine is that there's a river and the river of e-com was exactly running like the floods of, of, of last year in Victoria, exactly. for example. Yeah. So like, I've got, again, like now that you've actually asked that, I've actually got the retail e-commerce sales worldwide from 2014 to 2026. In 2019, it was 3.5. I think this is in trillions. So 3.5. Is this worldwide? This is on US, maybe billions. Okay, 3.5. Yeah. So it's 3.3 billions in 2019. 3.3 billion in 20, uh, 2019. And then from 2019 to 2020, it jumps to 4.2 billion. So mm, almost that sounds extra, too small. I would say it's in hundreds of billions. Hundreds of billions? Yeah, yeah it makes it, that makes sense, right? And then let's just call it hundreds of billions, right? Yeah. And then it jumps from 4.2 to 5.2 uh, hundreds of billions. So that's the jump from 2020 to 2021. And then now from 2021 to 2022, it's only been from the 5.2 to 5.7. Yeah. So like what it tells you is like, well, the money, like all the money that there's only a certain amount of money in the system. Yeah. Like whether it be for freaking going out, spending money on friends and whatever, you can only do one thing. So the everyone that was in that space kind of just did really, really well. And the yep. ones that did better than the other ones were the ones that had the bit, we've talked about this before, the foundations in place. Could they have more stock? Did they have more people to be able to withstand the the, the demand for, for, you know, shipping more product or uh, exactly their service? Right. So like that now has kind of come back. People came out and about. That's why there was such a low drop from 2021 to 2022. Regression. You know, the regression back to the mean. <laughs> and not to say like it's predicted here that it's going to continue to rise, but not not rise at that same rate that we yep. saw in 2019 to 2021. So again, it was almost like, oh my God, we're in this like, you know, gold mine of, you know, we're here. At it the was the second gold rush. It was the second gold rush. This is a different gold rush. Um, so interesting, but, uh, there'll be, yeah, there'll probably be a third, but I don't know what it would be, but it's another shock to the system. Well, really. that's why like we always talk about, um, just making sure you're, in, you're always, ready. You're always in and amongst it. Like, and we we are always talking about uh, 
where we're going, what questioning what we're doing, uh, really working on the on the general look of the exactly the, right. the business and the whole outlook of of our space. So, yeah, well, th- we preach self awareness. Yeah, and self awareness is knowing yep. you know when things aren't going right, when things are going right, yep. and adapting to whatever you know comes your way really and these sort of weird times that's what it's all about yep and then now i mean it's always again it's always been there because like human nature never changes like we've been the same thing for millions of years not millions maybe i don't know how long we've been around for (laughs) so yeah anyway yeah like yeah i reckon it's millions it takes takes a very long time for for evolution to change what what our like inherent like inherent uh like Agreed. Feelings are. So what people do always have is like their beliefs of like, you know, wanting to be together and, uh, you know, what will people, what people will look for is think pe- things that align with them. Mm. So you need to try to make your business, their story, your vision align with uh, your consumer. And I think that's when people, will, you know, start to always or want to pick your business over someone else's and that's why we you know always try talk about collaboration and authenticity because that is what we are inherently and why we think we can continue to push the brand forward because people always you know like like I don't know someone in the office that doesn't like collaborating and being themselves so if we can kind of translate that uh, yeah. onto the consumer and into the brand I think we you know we can we can keep growing and and keep going with this that. Ferris wheel I have one straw to the comment that you said about straw me. Um, sorry, if, when you, you know, say straw, with sorry. Consumer, sorry if, yeah, yeah, when yeah, you right, say done. straw, we, we talk. We do this thing, steel man, straw man, and steel man is like the best. Like the it's the four case for an argument, and the straw man is the like the like the worst case. So kind yeah. of just like you know the feel negative. Like, feel like we should respect and plug the podcast that we actually heard that for the first yeah. time. All in. Probably Brilliant. one of the best podcasts out there. So uh, that's where we got it from. But if I straw that, um, you were talking about, you know, aligning with the customer. Yep. Um, my only thing is I feel like there's potential for a customer to be able to tell if they are around the brand long enough, if you are aligning out of uh, genuine, uh, like your your ideas are genuinely aligning or if you're, Faking it. Faking it, yeah. You know? and, and what I think we do well is we're not really pretending to be anything we're not. We're just being genuine, authentic, and uh, like, you know, whatever we preach is whatever we are yep. and we are making the products that we actually like. Yep. Like I love wearing these hoodies. We'll make these hoodies. For example, I mean, not every business can translate directly into that. Some people obviously um, – can, can be employed at something that they don't – like a product that they don't use, for example. But I feel like being genuine, and that is in a way authenticity itself, um, is super important because that genuine love for what you're doing translates almost subconsciously to the community that you're trying to build yeah. and they can feel it. but they can't, they can't see it, but they feel it through what your actions are. Yeah. And that's so important for me. That's my only caveat no, like, to what we're I, talking no, about. I, I agree. Not, not a straw, actually. It was just like a building upon I agree what with your you. comment I should have I should have reworded that. I think consumers, like the peop the person buying will look to find something that they align with. Yeah. So like it's the brand's job to obviously, you know, try and 
kind of make that a little bit clear. So then like you can kind of then like, again, don't fake it. I'm not saying yeah. fake, fake that, uh, that vision of yours, you know, make it something that, that you truly believe in. Yeah. And then once you say that, hopefully the consumers that you sell to align with that and then by aligning from, by them aligning, they will then, uh, continue to shop with you or stay with you because, you know, you make them feel a certain way that they, they enjoy and, and, it, again, it, it aligns. Agreed. Agreed. I'm imagining like a like a university and then there's like different factions. You can join the book club. Yep. You can join the debating team. You can join the chess club. You can join the athletics team. <laughs> and then everyone's job as a brand is to put a banner up and say, we're the athletics team. Yep. We're the chess club. And then the <laughs> consumer will obviously uh, get to choose which, um, you know, faction or group that they want to be in. And if the chess club people are faking being chess players, the people that are joining the chess club, if they actually want to join the chess club, are going to be like, well, I joined the chess club and you guys mm. have no idea what the fuck you're doing. So that's what I'm talking about in terms of yep. being genuine um, because you can get found out it's a good as, as, as a brand. It's a good analogy. Yeah, I just thought of that one on the top of my head. I like that a lot. Yeah, thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love these apps when, like, we actually know what we're talking about and no, we can actually provide some you're input. Saying, you're saying half the time we don't know what we're talking about? Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, uh, no, I think there was one last thing that we touch on again and we don't really – this is the one that we probably don't know the answer to and and this is more of a kind of hypothetical spitballing here, but AI and e-commerce, like, yep. how do you think that's going to look? Yeah, because I was discussing this with Madison yesterday, my partner. Who's Madison? My partner. P, sorry. P, 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 P. Okay. Not our business pod if you want to listen to listen to them. But she brought up a TikTok and she brought up a TikTok of this guy going around and saying, uh, asking people what their jobs were and then he would just explain how AI is going to take over their job. <laughs> and she was worried and she was asking yeah, me and I'm was. like, this is complete bullshit. Yeah. Why are you list Like this guy um, – the example, I, I don't want to bash this guy, so I'd like, I don't want to give an example, but I'm going to do it anyway because it was just, <laughs> it was just silly in my opinion. He, he, this guy was a plumber and the guy said to this random plumber on the street, AI is going to take your job because people are just going to be able to wear augmented reality glasses, see the issue in the pipe and then be able to fix it themselves. And I'm just thinking like why, one, you need equipment to be able to fix stuff. You need to have the. You need to know how to you do need it. You need to as know well. how to do it exactly. And like, not all issues are the same. So, uh, the, the not all issues are the same can be weeded out by a massive data set, obviously. But like, I I know we have a couple of um, boys that are plumbers, and they've got a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment that they use I to know. fix these pipes and shit. Yeah, I'm just thinking like, no one's gonna go in there with a fucking hammer <laughs> and a and a screwdriver and be able to fix a problem with a toilet or a pipe or I don't know. Anyway, what I think uh, going back to AI, sorry, that was a bit of a tangent, but, no, but what I think about going back to AI, yeah, sorry. Um, AI at the moment seems to me, and we should do an app on this. Maybe this should be our next step. But my first uh, and, and, and final thought on this is AI seems to be a tool to allow humans to be more productive, yep. not to replace humans themselves at the moment. Um, so whether they'll do 50, 60, 70% of the job, um, of humans, it'll just allow the human doing that job to get more done. Yep. That's how, you know, I envisage AI working at the moment. Yep. Um, it's obviously very, it's at the fetal stage right now. It's probably going to explode, but yeah. The, the, the human in every area um, will like, 
the role won't be like it, it won't completely cut off the the role itself, but the role will develop into something else. Um, oh and, man, and, I've got so much to say on this. And, and Sorry, like, yeah, we, there's we can go on like again. Nah, we, we, we don't need to cut. And we, next we step, gotta, we talk about we AI. We got to make it about e-commerce, but <laughs> I truly believe that they're just going to end up being like and we've heard this this before a bit like the Jarvis in uh, Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, again, like you know, that's that's high, very, very uh, like high level, but. <laughs> Uh, to an extent, like they're your assistant, you know, they help out. They can kind of, again, like you've already got your smartwatches kind of monitoring your health and uh, you can do the same thing with your own business and work. And and it's, again, like you said, it's a productivity tool. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of um, AI and e-commerce, I know the the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, having some sort of chat bot on, on websites that can kind of assist you. Uh, that's where it's I customer service wise, you cust- mean the customer service wise. And let's just say, for example, in our case, you know, you might have someone that comes in and, uh, again, I'm spitballing here. They want a specific type of leggings and they can just ask the question. And mm-hmm. then you've actually got the AI there that, you know, has been, has got all the data yep. of, of kind of knowing which prompts to go for and bang, it just shit, shoot, shoots it out. That's me spitballing right yeah. now. Like, again, it's so early on. I, I, I really don't know. I don't really uh, haven't given it much thought to be honest. It can honest. almost plug into anything. Well, I mean, it can plug into anything. That's like imagine if an AI, we need to talk about, this is next step. Preface this, we, we are doing AI okay. as our next episode. Okay. Um, but imagine if an AI can um, control your merchandising. So it knows the consumer that's going onto the website and then completely tailors the experience of the website to that person. Yep. And like that's a, it's 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 a form of AI because it actually knows the person and it's going to order things and display things that they know, um, and merchandise the site the way they know. So like, there's there's so many AI tools that can be implemented in ecom. Yeah, and it's just purely based on the fact that ecom's a software industry and everything's yeah. done through software, which is AI. And so, then all it does is use people's data. So if you can, like, for example, yeah. Google can has all all your data. They have their own little AI, which they probably do. Yeah starts there's a security yeah then there's a whole can of worms of the security concerns and all that sort of shit cyber security oh man okay yeah that that's a whole another pod topic altogether because it i need to do some research on that there's so many different areas of of um use cases there yeah um we come in next step with some thorough research yes and i will be spitting fire about ai yeah i i actually love it because this is the first industry that's ever been created that we're at the beginning of it and we're like adults. Yeah. Econ, we weren't adults. And what's fucked is how, the internet, quick, we how quickly it, it goes. Oh, Remember the, the I forget the exact uh, time frame from like ChatGPT to AutoGPT, which is that kind of like a personal system one. It was months, one. probably. Uh, and like but the, the rate of improvement was like two days from when it came out yeah. to like how this person was using it again. We'll, go, we'll jump into that in, a, in another episode. For now, I think we've covered a fair bit and I think – when it comes to the current state of e-com, we've given some good insights. Yes. Do you want to touch on anything else quickly? No. I'll just recap the differentiation through story and branding and extending your time horizon out infinitely. That's the two main things yep. to really prosper and and attack e-com from the right angle at the moment. And I'm and I'm saying the right angle at the moment because I know that the industry is ever changing and it's going to keep changing. So yep. if and- anything does change, we'll do another rep on it and provide our thoughts or if we want to go into depth about a specific niche yep. of e-com, we'll and keep, keep diving into that because we actually really enjoy this, this yeah, sort of I stuff. I love it. And I'm going to finish off by saying that if you're going to start an e-com business, 
uh, always look at more than just e-com, uh, e-commerce and, and look at the whole picture and how you can offer your product or your service uh, in diff- different areas, uh, just like we believe like wholeheartedly in this omni-channel approach. Yep. Uh, I think that is the way of doing it in the future and look at the whole business holistically as a, as a whole, not uh, just ads or just, um, I don't know, product, I guess. Agreed. Okay. All right, everybody. See ya. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See ya.